When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time for the baseball podcast with David Brown. David. Hello again, everybody. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm tired, but I, I've saved what energy I have for this. Oh, I appreciate that. So do right. all of our fine listeners. Well, they better. Uh, so you are, of course, the uh, God senior MLB writer. Did I get that right? Senior national. Senior. So let's say national. Senior national. You're at the senior nationals. No, that's something else. That's a tournament. For... The Great Lakes Dragaway. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. You are the uh, national MLB writer for Bally Sports. Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm not. I'm not that. Um, I have this podcast at pointlessexercise.com and a newsletter at pointlessexercise.com. And that's all I have in my life. It's just. But you things. do you do fill out some pretty good Cubs, and related content. So I think uh, to to say don't short change yourself too much. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm an incredible slouch. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, this week we actually have, we actually have games we could talk about. It doesn't have to be theoretical anymore. We've actually seen things happen. We've seen players play and. Things that count. This time it counts. Yeah, we get to see how wrong our predictions were, and you know well, what we should the, have been paying attention to, paying attention to all along. And I picked the Cubs to win the Central, so I'm in great shape. All right, they are running away with it, uh, three and one, and I think the Cardinals are going to be four and one. Albert Pujols hit a home run. Well, that's nice. That was I assume that was his make a wish. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were all you know we were all excited. We were dis- Cub fans. We were disappointed on Sunday because they had the lead. They blew it twice. Now they blew it once. They blew a lead. Then they blew a tie. Um, mostly because Jonathan VR decided, you know, I should slide into first, mm. and I should probably try to slide the last thirty-eight feet. <laughs> And just be out by like a fingernail. <laughs> Tying around would have scored had he been safe. That's not frustrating at all. But he was out. But still, everybody was excited. Two, took two out of three against the Brewers. Do you know in 19 games against the Brewers last year how many times the Cubs beat the Brewers? Three? Four. That was close. They're already halfway there. We were excited. Then the Brewers went to Baltimore. 
got shot out. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, the Brewers, even watching the games, I was like, they're they're going to have a hard time scoring points. But that's that they can worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that. Um, the Cubs uh, rookie sensation. It seems ridiculous yes. calling a 27-year-old man a rookie sensation. The young man. But he is younger than the guy who the, the, the guy who got rookie of the year votes for them <laughs> last year, Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Saya cannot be stopped. Uh, how about this factoid? He is the first player in Cub history to have eight RBIs and four walks in his first four games. That's magical. It is. I love that. I love... Uh... It seems oddly specific. It is well because yes, homers and walks are what that's those are the two things you're always equating. Well, it's you know, with the best hitters ever, like uh, Ted Williams. I mean, he was a batting average guy and on base percentage guy too. But that that the whole two of the three true outcomes are right there. So, and uh, it's good to have another, just a guy who knows what he's doing up there. You know, he's not just. Just going for home runs or whatever the trend is. He has a plan. It seems like he's smarter than the other team. And uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, America has brought him over and that he's on the Cubs especially, but that we we as a as a nation now have him to enjoy. Well clearly we have we have Tom Ricketts to thank. I guess. He 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 oozed the charm all over Saya. <clears throat> Should and we send say, him a card? And say I said, "Fine, I'll come. I'll come play for you. You seem fine." Um, yeah, I'm, I remember talking about that a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking to myself, "No, we want him to come. Why are they sending Tom Ricketts?" <laughs> no, if they but, wanted to scare him off, they'd have sent Todd. I don't know if you've. I don't know how much how familiar <laughs> with Todd Ricketts and his his body of work, but uh, I've heard a couple stories, but. Well, he's here, and he can't go back, so it's over. So it's funny. I'm sure, I hope somebody <laughs> took Saya aside on Sunday night and said, okay, so far you've seen Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. It does get easier. We right. promise you. And then, so, sees the Pirates today, two home runs. <laughs> Why not? He's like, you're right. It does get easier. <laughs> so that was fun. Good to see. And the Cubs have had good starting pitching so far. Drew Smiley today befuddled the Pirates. I don't know that that's that hard to do. He did it. <laughs> right. It is. Uh, it is. Remember last year when they befuddled the Pirates when the Pirates were a bat, and it was just very confusing for them to run the bases. And uh, run, they are befuddled run in the bases, general. Just run if if to in order to confuse the Pirates, simply start running the bases backwards. They will. They will <laughs> yes. not know what to do. Yeah, that the one of the that's one of the most amazing plays in baseball history. Not, not just the fact that all they had to do was ignore Javi, right? And just go step on the base, and they couldn't. They just it was like a little kid at recess. They just chased him. It was great. Javi off to a nice start with the Tigers. Uh, he did one. He, he, he won he the is. opener with a very Javi thing. The thing I appreciated it the most about it was he immediately knew. Right. Like he was the one. He's like, no, that hit the wall, right? He, you can't get anything by Javi bias. He, yeah, it, he notices everything. It took me several 
replay viewings to realize that it hit the wall first. And I was like, oh, no, it hit the glove. And then it came forward. But no, it had hit the wall. Yeah. And he, he was on it the whole way. You're absolutely right. He's uh, He's got that sixth sense or whatever. Then he he's had dead a, fly balls. Then he had a very, very long home run um, last night into a very, very empty Comerica Park. Yeah. <laughs> <I would> feel... <laughs> Javi, you're going to have to get used to playing by yourself. Right. Although the Tigers, they might not be that bad. Um, Anthony Rizzo hit home run in his first two games with the Yankees this year. So good for good for Tony. And uh, Chris Bryant had a great uh, Sunday against the uh, against the Dodgers where he reenacted the Brant Brown play. And as someone pointed out to me, Brant Brown was in the dugout for the Dodgers. He and was. He's some sort of coach. I didn't know that. I know, Mark Pryor, that I know Mark Pryor was there. I didn't bother to check. It just sounded good. Uh, so he might not have been, but your source says he was. Yeah, my source. I'd only, I'd, I'd just, only one source. That's all I wanted. Sounds good. Or maybe there's just a guy named Brant Brown. Maybe it's Brent Brown, the old um, Sixers head coach. Yes. Um, that would be a little stranger, but it could be true. You know, it's with the Dodgers, who knows? They can convince themselves. Oh, this is innovative. We're going to hire an NBA coach to sit in the dugout. <laughs> uh, yeah, bases loaded, two outs, high fly ball to left field, and clang, and all three runs scored. But the Rockies came back and won the game, which was good. Um, okay, so I teased you with this. Not that I was teasing you. That would be mean. Um, Stop it. We got a new feature. Yes. And it's sponsored. So this is good. Really? Uh, yes. The most, I got, it was great. It came in. I got, a, it, it was, well, it was strange. It was, a, I got a fax. I don't have a fax machine, but I got a fax. Uh, the, the most technologically advanced telephone. When you think technologically advanced telephones, you think the good folks at Jitterbug. Uh, the uh, <laughs> With the big buttons? The big buttons. Uh, the official phone of uh, Bruce Levine and Bob Nightingale. They are sponsoring this, which is Calls of the Week. So I'm going to play for you uh, three of the most exciting calls of the first half week of uh, baseball. Wow. So here's the first one. We can make a game of it. Can you name who they are? Because they say the name of every player involved. I think it's probably pretty easy, so we'll just enjoy. Down the left field line, Ruff is on the ball. So that was uh, that was Dwayne Kuyper uh, calling a uh, an Austin Slater double that scored um, Darren Ruff from first base. Very exciting. And so you would think that that is like the most exciting call of the week, right? I mean, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Even got even got the little voice quiver going on the second Ruff is on yes. the move to show just how excited he was. But I can top it. I can top it twice. Can you imagine that? These these next two calls are about um, as good as it gets. <laughs> Line drive, hit to deep left field. Yelich looks up, and this one sails into the bleachers for a two-run home run. Three to nothing, Cubs. 
excuse me, three to one Cubs. <laughs> he apparently had said just before that, he's like, you know, mm-hmm. the thing about announcing, the only thing you really have to do is make sure that you don't swear and you get the score right. <laughs> well, whoops. But I can go one better. I can do one better than that, even. And this is the jitterbug, most exciting <laughs> call of the week. Uh, Here's the payoff pitch to Suzuki. Hit in the air, deep right center field, giving chase is Reynolds. He's at the track, he looks up, and this one is gone. (laughs) Seiya Suzuki with his second home run in the major leagues. Going the opposite way, and the Cubs take the lead. Here's Uh, So, uh, kind of a rough week for Zach. Um, but that's, not, that's nothing new <laughs> for a second. Uh, I don't know if you saw the home run, but it it's not like it just scraped the back of the wall. It was several rows back. Right. And I don't quite understand how he didn't know at first. And it's like, well, give him credit. I mean, he's doing the game remotely. No, no, he's not. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> that was last year's excuse. Right. Don't right. get to use that one this year. So. So, yeah, that was just a long, tortured setup for me to make fun of Zach Zaidman twice by saying two I can't terrible believe home run that. calls um, to Dwayne Kuyper uh, showing you how you're supposed <laughs> to call a big moment. The first one was all right. Not, I mean, in, in, by comparison. Yeah. So there you go, the jitterbug calls of the week. So one of the things we've had this uh, week is uh, games on weird uh, services and channels and yeah. People not knowing where they could find anything. It's not going to be until May 8th. <coughs> Peacock. The cock is going to get into the game and they're going, they're doing a Sunday morning game and they're not, they're not even hiding. They're calling it the Sunday morning game because some of them will be at 1130 Eastern, 1030 Central. Uh, <laughs> that's like uh, 430 in Guam. Um. And then, and then some of them will be. Most of them are either going to be like ten uh, thirty our time or eleven. And I was saying that for me, this is great. I love it. I can't get enough early morning sports. I'm a guy who, I get up, I watch the English Premier League, I watch F1 racing. Um, you know, I even joked on Twitter. I said all I want on Sundays is how about I work out a deal with MLB where I get up in the morning, I go, I take my morning dump. As soon as I'm done, I tweet. Rob Manfred and say start the game <laughs> and he gives them the go ahead and they start a game um, but it's not great for everybody is it no no I mean all you gotta do is watch I mean that's why it's great because you've taken your dump and you turn on the TV <laughs> you know people like me but actually not even people like me so much but the ball players themselves it's really early in the morning especially I mean I don't know if they've had Saturday night games, or they schedule it so they don't. I, I haven't looked oh, that closely. I guarantee you they've made no such accommodations. <laughs> well, I just had some hope. I'm sorry. It's really early. And people who <clears throat> have to uh, set up the ballpark and the yeah. cameras and make sure it's clean and all that stuff, and it's it's quite a that's quite a quick turnaround time between Saturday night and, and Sunday morning. So it's, uh, it's good for us uh, as – viewers and i'm not sure about anybody else well here's what it here i guess i got to thinking about it here's what it reminds me of 
So I am the proud graduate of a uh, Mid-American Conference University. And the Mid-American Conference years ago basically said to ESPN, what do we have to do to get you to show our games? And they're like, how'd you like to start playing on Tuesday nights? And they're like, fine, we'll we'll do it. And if you've ever been to one of those Tuesday night games, which I have, you're you got it's very spacious. You can you 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 can relax and take up an entire section if you want because ninety nine percent of the people who are watching it are watching it on ESPN. Right. You know, the band is there, and that's about it. The band and the cheerleaders, and it's a it's it's a scheduling thing done with no regard for the for the actual fans. It's done with, all right. We could sell commercials in this, and we'll get we'll cut you. We'll give you guys a check for a million dollars, and then Mac, they're not going to turn it down. And this was exactly baseball. This was NBC Peacock going, hey, we'll write you a nice big check, and MLB's like, well, I don't know. You know, we're already straining the relationship with our fans with this uh, lockout. Hmm, boy, I don't know. Twist my arm. Yes, we'll take it. And if that means that we get eleven thousand people for a ten thirty game. Eh, the TV check still clears. Yes. We're cool with it. Well, it is a, um, that is a similar attitude that they, you know, during the lockout, we were talking about how well, the owners didn't really care if there weren't any games in April because, uh, you know, the local, the, the leverage and the local TV deals wasn't kicking in until uh, May started or so. And, uh, you know, they, they look at uh, April as almost like a nuisance month something they have to have and they're, they're just worried about the, the postseason and, and whenever their contracts kick in. So as far as the rebates go, so it's uh, you can see their line of thinking when you put it into that context. Well, and they, you know, they, everybody gets a nice big crowd on opening day. And then a lot of yeah. teams don't draw for the next several days in a row. So maybe next year they can somehow, every day is opening day. (laughs) Did you miss yesterday's opening day? We got another opening day for you today. So 50,000 of you are going to want to come hang out here. Second uh, chance, opening day, like lottery ticket. Um, Wait to see what celebrity throws out the first pitch. I've got a a hint, hint, hint. It's a Belushi. (laughs) So there was a time when the Cubs... um, the Cubs did get really, uh, really loose with the definition of celebrity for the celebrity seventh inning stretch singer. Sure. Uh, and we had the immortal, uh, like, uh, Kelly Pickler, uh, who thought that the song was Buy Me Some Peanuts and Apple Jacks. <laughs> we had uh, Jeff Gordon talking about how excited he was Wrigley to be Stadium. at Wrigley Stadium. Um, just people who just clearly, they wouldn't have been... We had Mike Ditka literally show up late from a from the golf course, and that was when he did the thirty or the the twelve second version, where he's yes. all sweaty and out of breath. And, um, and the last time that happened to him, he was in a weight room, and Steve Kayser had to save his life. Um, <laughs> and so they said after after some, of the, and then they would used to make uh, Chip and Steve, and then Len and Bob Brenly. They had to interview every all of them. Yeah, that was part of the deal. You you were sitting there in the booth, uh, getting ready to sing. They were going to have to talk to you in the top of the seventh, and then they cut that out. They you're not guaranteed that you're going to be on TV, and they 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 cut down on 
Um, they did a lot more. Well, they could. They had video boards finally, <laughs> so <laughs> Harry could. Uh, you could sing along with Harry, and they've got a Ernie Banks one that they use a bunch. And so they they did. They had kind of. They basically said, "We're gonna we're gonna save this. These are gonna be real celebrities. This is we're not gonna do this. You know the." cast of some Fox reality show. We're actually going to do it. And so here in game three of the 2022 season, they proved how serious they were. I was a kid and we got Jim Belushi. <laughs> Jim claimed that he had, the Cubs had never lost when he sang. And I'm sure that was bullshit. And then they lost. So if that was true, he doesn't ever need to be invited back because the streak's over. I and mean, if that was the reason we were still bringing him back, does Ed Hardig have any stats on that? Do you think we could look up? Oh, I would think he's got to be tracking the record based on who's singing. I ran into Belushi once with my friend Howie in a, a uh, uh, elevator at Soldier Field a few years ago. I don't think it was a playoff game, but it was a, it was a night game. And you got on an elevator at Soldier Field. You're a braver man. Than me. I mean, I know new Soldier Field things are supposed to work, but still, yes. it's built by the Park District. So. <laughs> well, we, you're lucky I mean, you're not still in that elevator. I made it out. I'm here. Yeah. And uh, I think Howie was a little drunk and Jim was a little. Oh, I can't imagine. And Howie gave him a big old slap on the back and said, <laughs> What's up, Belouche? And it hurt him. <laughs> and, and he grimaced. His, and I thought, You've just killed Jim Belushi. Yeah. But. Um, he, he was okay. It was it was one of those things that's more amusing to me because I was there. But I think every, anybody would have appreciated it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a highlight of my season every time that they they bring Tom Dreesen out, and he's still tells, alive. He is. Oh, he's still alive. Yes, yeah. he tells the same uh, three stories. All right, uh, and then and Marquis has footage of one now that they show he was. Uh, <laughs> He was a he was a bat boy. Uh huh. He was an adult bat boy uh-huh. at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. In a full, they gave him you know they gave him the full Cub uniform, and they have footage of him retrieving bats for other grown men. <laughs> and he did it more than he did it several times. Like mm-hmm. he's, oh, he's a good luck charm. Let's keep bringing him back. He's got that one. Um, and then he's got two stories about uh, Frank Sinatra being really mean to him. <laughs> And then that's pretty much it. But we hear them mm-hmm. all every time. Oh, Frank's a great guy. Great guy. You know, I was I opened for him for the last uh, 20 years of his <laughs> life. Uh, oh, every day. I was with him more than more than Ava Gardner. I, I don't want to hear the rest of it, Tom. I don't. But he'll be back. He's on the – he apparently made the celebrity cut list. Well, I don't know if he's I above mean, or below Jim Belushi. I don't – I think you, you – think they just the, worry about hurting his feelings. Why did they don't have to actually broadcast it? <laughs> they could just pretend. <laughs> right, just turn his <laughs> mic. Just don't turn Tom's mic on. Just you know, let him start tell a story. He'll amuse himself for five minutes. We'll just use it, it natural sound for the inning. It'll be fine. The fans at home <laughs> won't even notice ambient noise. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, we are back to uh, because Boog uh, Shambi is the uh, radio voice of Sunday Night Baseball. Mm-hmm. He will not be doing Sunday Cup games. So um, we have the rotation once again. Uh, Virgil Patrick Hughes, uh, Beth Mullins, and Chris Myers. Yeah. Um, 
Pat's fine. You know, we're used to Pat. We love Pat, even though, and I don't, it's, some people complain that he's doing a radio call on TV. He's telling us everything. He's yes. still describing the uniforms. Right. <laughs> like, Pat, I don't know if you know what television is. <laughs> but they're actually squeezing a picture into people's homes. <laughs> you can see it. It doesn't bother me, because honestly, do you expect him to change for, like, he's going to do, like, 18 TV games. Right. Just let him do it. That's fine. Uh, Beth, I really like Beth. I think she's good. Yeah. And Jim Deshays really likes Beth. And so they actually, they have like a nice, uh, rapport. And Chris Myers is ungodly terrible. <laughs> almost, I used to like him. Almost unwatchable. 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and he was going to be, um, if not for the pandemic, the one saving grace of the <laughs> pandemic. Um, that was still that was one of those lens last year, and Len um, was going to um, he was going to do Fox games. He was going yeah. to be like Fox's number two, so he was going to be gone quite a bit uh, on weekends. And so, and Marquia decided Chris Myers was going to be the only fill-in. And Cubs Twitter went nuts, and um, they don't Marquis doesn't care if they cared about the reaction on Twitter. They would do everything differently than they do it. Um. But then when they, I don't know if it's because he got too much NASCAR stuff to do or whatever. But they came up with uh, they they added a couple of people to the uh, to the rotation. Um, but this is good. I don't know. Do you know how this is true? Do you know how Chris Myers got his job at Marquee? This is the kind of of thought that's going into the decisions at Marquee. Why don't he you got, go ahead and tell the story? He got his job because he's friends with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray told Mike McCarthy, not the former uh, Packer coach, who's the Cowboy coach, but the <laughs> guy who runs Marquee, you got to hire Chris Myers. Okay. <laughs> Just like that. In fact, actually, when Twitter really went nuts was when Len decided to quit the business and go raise alpacas or whatever he's doing now. <laughs> um, they were just going to have Chris Myers be the announcer. Oh, we got Chris Myers. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. And they did a nice job. Boog was a Boog was a good get. That was yeah. That was good. Saved us. But ugh. So so we got the Peacock games coming up. Um, apparently, like right now, there's there's a TBS game. Did you know this? This moment. Yes. Tuesday night. Recording, Tuesday night. I believe no. I believe it might even be the one that um, I have on here with no sound. Um, Giants Padres, perhaps. I've got that on MLB TV on the local broadcast. So, like a national Ron Darling broadcast or something. They're a commercial right now, but yeah, it's on TBS. So that's Chip a, and, a, uh, or is it Chip and Ernie Van Weeren? Oh, or no, God, I hope not. <laughs> Ernie Van Weeren, I like that. It's a combination of Pete Van Weeren and Ernie Johnson Senior. <laughs> and an accident on my part. So I'm sorry. And Don I, Sutton. An amalgam. And, well, no, no longer with us, unfortunately. I don't think Ernie Johnson Sr. is. Pete Van Weeren, I think, is still might be alive. Joe Simpson. I don't know. Was he alive on, on the air? I don't know. I don't know. He's fell asleep a lot. Oh, Joe Simpson. <laughs> I like that when uh, TBS got postseason games, they just, hey, we're already paying Joe. They put him on one <laughs> right. of the crews. Like, what? Craig Sager, too. What are you, the sideline guy for baseball? Have Sager do it. 
He's got some. He's got some crazy jackets. Fans will love it. Um. So apparently Tuesday night TBS, which is so well advertised that the only re- here's how I knew that it was a thing. When I went to change the channel to watch Giants Padres, I got three options of how to watch it. I go watch oh, it right. MLB Extra Innings, San Francisco, San Diego, or TBS. And I was like, what? Um, do they not do Sundays then anymore? Sunday afternoon? Well, no, because I believe the Sunday game is now the Peacock. I know, but the timing of that is earlier, but I guess, okay. The Peacock game is going to be in the morning as we... I don't know if we hinted at that or not, but um, I can't remember if what we talked about was while we were recording or pre. But so the Peacock game will be in the morning. Yep. There's no more TBS game. Right. Like Bob Costas is doing the game. Hmm. I uh, I ran into Bob in the airport once. Um, Did you apologize? Yeah, knocked him, knocked a little fucker right over. No, um, <laughs> it was a perfect time to run into him. It was the day after Game 5 of the 2016 World Series. Yeah. And uh, I had about a 30-second chat with Bob Costas. I said, hi. He said, hi. And I said, uh, I said, do you think the Cubs are going to come all the way back? And he said, um, I hope they do, but I don't think they're going to. And then he was off, and he was wrong. So He was. Sorry, Bob. He was flying back to... Uh, like Palm Springs, maybe? I don't think he still lives in uh, St. Louis. And I was off to Vegas, because that's where I really wanted to be for Game 6 and 7 of the World Series. <laughs> Vegas at a convention. Um, but then we have we also have games on a an odd um, Friday night doubleheaders yeah. on Apple TV Plus. Which I get... Um, so I was more than happy to tune into it. Uh, you said you watched the first game last night or, uh, on Friday night, which was Nationals Mets. Yeah. And that was Melanie Newman. And, uh, I don't remember who else. Chris, um, Chris, Chris Jones. No, he was an outfielder for the Diamondbacks. Oh, Chris Young. Chris Young. Yes, Cub fans don't, and, like um, don't like that Chris Young. He, no. He and we knew game three of the 2007 playoffs. First pitch uh, from Rich Hill <laughs> was hit approximately yeah. a mile and a half, and we all knew. The Ted Lilly, the Ted Lilly home run gets, you know, the, the replay with the slamming of the glove, but that was the killer. Yes. Um, and uh, Hannah Kaiser was a writer for Yahoo. That's right. She was the the second analyst and they had, I don't remember her name, but they had a dugout analyst too. Cause you need four people to talk on TV. Um, the thing I was impressed by, I like the graphics. Yeah. You are not alone. A lot of people express their, I mean, it was and then, very, and somebody tweeted back to me. All it is is Apple branding on a baseball game. I'm like, yeah, I know it looks really <laughs> nice. It's far more subtle than we're used to. But easy to read yeah. and good, and they they had the uh, I don't know how much we needed this, but um, they were predicting outcomes in the yeah. lower right hand corner, which was like um, base reach. Uh, I forgot how they phrased it. Yeah, but, like the percent chance it was given this count with this hitter, they're going to reach base. Right. Um, I like those. It was there was like a like a Juan Soto. He got to two and zero at one point, and his was yeah. like. 
84 <laughs> percent right. ridiculously high number and then one of the mets it wasn't you know no pitcher so bad anymore but uh one guy he got to oh two and he was like nine <laughs> percent <laughs> and i'm like honestly this is the stuff i want to know like i can't wait till the cubs are on and jason hayward faces a lefty and there's a negative yes yes i'll just screenshot that and just gaze at it for days um yeah, I like those uh, the, the the graphics and the information. It was and subtly relate. I, I felt like maybe it was a little bit subtly related to gambling and with the percentages, but it, it didn't have to. It wasn't hitting you on the nose with it, and it was some information that people who weren't gambling could also use in their head to be more informed about what was going on. So I thought it was uh, yeah, good yeah. for for both those things. You know, I'm such a purist. I won't, I won't gamble on baseball because, you know, I'm still stung by the whole uh, 1919 White Sox thing. Um, <laughs> yes. I and just, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, no, no, but I'm a purist. He should be, uh, not only should he not be in the Hall of Fame, they should, they should have drawn and quartered him. Or at least, here's what they should have done to Pete. He might have liked that. They should have, they don't have to, I don't want to just you know, t- tie him up, but you don't have to, the horses don't have to go in four different directions. <laughs> Just give him a haircut while you've got him, mm. you know, immobilized. Um, I just like the fact that one, it was interesting and it was subtle, so you didn't have to pay attention to it if you didn't want to, but you would see, like, the just how dramatically the odds would change based mm-hmm. on the count. Really, the count more than anything. Right. And then, like, a questionable, like, a borderline ball strike. We've heard all along, you know. You know, the most important pitch of baseball is the 1-1 pitch. You know, if it goes 2-1 and one or 1-2, one and two, there's no bigger difference. Right. And you can actually see that maybe that's not, you know, just hmm. baseball BS, that that's a real thing. So I didn't right. like that. And you mentioned uh, that you like Beth Mullins on the Cubs broadcast, and I thought Melanie Newman does and did a good job. Yeah, I think she's good. I think she, she was, like, easily the strongest talker of the group. Um, you know, I don't, sometimes the, the young Kaiser banter got out of hand a little bit, but as far as like listenability and competence and, you know, I think Melanie Newman is somebody that should be doing that full time for some team. I know she's uh play by, she's listed as a play by play announcer for the Orioles, but she does, you know, she's down the bench a little bit. Uh, and she, you know, that should change somewhere pretty soon, I think. Who is the play-by-play announcer for the world? Lindsey Nelson? I just, yeah, I looked it up. It's not Lindsey Nelson anymore. It's, uh, I know it's not John Miller anymore. Peter Angel has kicked his ass to the coast. Kevin Brown is on TV, and I can't remember. not And not, like, the pitcher. Um, a guy named Kevin Brown and somebody on the radio I don't know. Now, the Orioles, is this still true? Do the, <laughs> do the, the Orioles own Masson? And so they basically own yeah, – Madison also does the Nationals games, and the Orioles own the TV station? Or the, I don't know how the Nationals walked into this, but, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's it like a, part it's a big the, trap. It was, it was part of the conditions of the move. Oh, just keep being there in the first that place? Because like, right. Angelo still owned the Orioles at the time. Because he doesn't own them anymore, right? He's dead, gone. No, right? he's alive, but oh. his son uh, runs them more. Angelo? John, yeah, Angelo Jerry, Jerry Angelo. Jerry Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. If Jer- they might I don't better. know if Angelo Angelo is funnier, or they might be better off if Jerry was on it. It might. Be. 
Okay, so they still don't, they still own it, but I I know it was part of. See, um, like everything yeah, else, right. Peter Angelos had to. <laughs> he had to give up part of their territorial rights for the Nationals to, for Washington to get a team again, and he as a you know a, we talked about him last week, right? Because the labor law came up. Yeah. Right. What's the Peter Angelos podcast? <laughs> we talk about him every week. How are we going to work? How to say the magic? You know, somebody just won a state because we mentioned Peter Angelos again. <laughs> I heard it. Right down the timestamp. Um, there was a whole, he had like a whole list of demands. Right. Now, I'm not going to vote for this. And it was more than just that him because he didn't need it. They don't need 100% of him to vote for it. But he, there were like some, he could really have, gummed up the works if he had really wanted to. And so they made a bunch of concessions. And part of it is the Nationals TV deal sucks. And it sucks because um, the Orioles get a disproportionate amount of the money. Right. And I don't know if that slowly grandfathers itself out. Is that a thing? Um, or if it's just going to be bad forever. But, you know, the two things that... Um, National fans complain about is the is Masson and the fact that they all have to leave in the seventh inning of every night game because the train stops running. <laughs> in the nation's capital of all places. Sorry, it's the last train. We all got to go home. It's like what? It's I have friends clock. who I've been to Cub games with, and because they're living, they take the train in from the suburbs. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like no, it's the last one. I got to go. It's like what? What year is this? But I guess that was the thing. So you watch the early game. Oh, the other thing that happened in the early game, um, because it's streaming, it just died for a while. Nobody could yeah. see it. Yeah. Every time, you know, people, cord cutting, it seems like a great idea until you really want to watch something that everybody else wants to watch too. And then all of a sudden, nobody can watch it. Like right. Like the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> Nationals Mets on uh, the first Friday of the season. Uh, but there was a second game. Oh, and there's also a rain delay. Right. So the games were overlapping, but hey, it's streaming. That's no big deal. Just there's a different feed. You can watch. You can watch this game now. That game um, was Stephen Nelson, who right, we got to talk about something else with Stephen Nelson in a minute. Um, that was Stephen Nelson was doing the play-by-play. And the color analyst was Hunter Pence, and Katie Nolan was also in the booth. And they also had a sideline reporter, who I don't remember who it was. Oh, it was uh, Heidi Watney. Hmm. Um, people did not enjoy them at all. Um, they were... It was very chatty. It was basically like they were doing their own version of, um, well, and then we had a version of it, but they were doing the Manning cast, mm-hmm. except they weren't Eli or Peyton, <laughs> and they weren't talking about the game, and uh, people were getting very annoyed by them. Um, I also, I had no idea that there was a second game, and I had no idea that Katie Nolan was a part of it, and I, that seemed like poor marketing. Right. Like you do have somebody people have heard of and that people like. And you would think you would make a bigger deal out of the fact. Um, but and who knows? I mean, they've got 
they've got a lot more of these to do. Maybe they'll, you know, all these people will start, will turn and they'll start to enjoy them. But uh, the early returns are, it's another, it's another waste of Katie Nolan, which yeah. is, we've got a lot of that ever basically ever since she left her YouTube channel. No one has, no one has ever figured out how to use her in a way that is, um, takes advantage of her, you know, what she's good at. She's genuinely funny. Um, but it's just another case. She was on, she was on Fox. She was on that. She was, didn't they start her off? She was on the Regis show. Remember Regis had a panel, a talk panel on FS1. Oh, that's right. Yes. She was on that. that I was thinking of, she was on Regis and Kathy Lee, like Strahan. But yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After Regis had left Regis Lee and Kelly Lee, um, retired, he went, he did a, he did like, it was like a four person PTI, except it was bad and nobody wanted to watch it. She was on that. She went to ESPN Stoller. (laughs) And then they just basically hid her. Um, they put her on ESPN Plus at a time when nobody watched it. Now people actually watch ESPN Plus, but she's not there anymore. So, right. she, so she can't put her show on there. Her timing is bad here. She had a podcast that was pretty good, but it got it got lost and all of the you know, unlike it wasn't as good as this one, so <laughs> people you know, missed it. <laughs> but I, I got to thinking, I wondered if for finance I mean she's made a lot of money. She's done fine. But I I have a feeling financially she could have made a killing had she just stayed on YouTube. Because right. I don't know, I don't know how the kids do it, but there are a lot of people who make a ridiculous amount of money on the YouTube. My seven-year-old watches uh, something called Mr. Beast all the time, and he he's this millionaire or something who like gives away things and islands and thirty cars and I mean and gets paid millions of dollars by YouTube to do it. You would think Katie Nolan, you're right, could have stayed at that trough. Yeah, it's not, nobody's going to hold a bake sale for her. She's made millions of dollars. Um, do you know who she's dating? I don't. Do you watch the show Billions? I have. Paul Giamatti? Two days, Paul Giamatti. They've been, they've been together now for... <laughs> the guy who plays Muffy, kind of the dopey trader guy. Hmm. Um, that's her boyfriend. So Okay. That's about, that's, it was an athlete at one time, was it not? Was it a hockey player? Isn't it always? Yeah, those hockey players. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't know who she dated until that. And I only knew it because I watched Billions. which It was absolutely terrible this season. Just god-awful. Like, well, they got rid of uh, Damian Lewis, didn't yes. they? Yeah, he said, okay, I'm done. I'm leaving. And the, the, the whole plot was terrible. Was I don't a, like the bald guy. But he's a former... In the show, he was a he's a he's a billionaire hedge fund guy who uh, was a basketball star at a fictitious uh, college in Indiana. The Bezos like guy, the Bezos, I don't know, the bald. He's bald. I don't know if he's supposed to be. He's significantly taller than uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. Um, it wasn't. I didn't know. But that was. Is it over? Is it done? Oh no! Well, season's over, but they're coming back. Yeah, yeah, like cliffhanger and everything. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, but there was that. So Friday Night Baseball was very hit or miss. 
on their first attempt, which you kind of expect. Um, with the technical difficulties in game one and the announcing difficulties in, in uh, game two. It did make sense, though, when I saw Steven Nelson pop up on the um, on the second game on, on that Friday as to why he was... He caused a stir in Chicago last week. Yeah. And I was like, why was he getting interviewed anyway? He's the he's Kevin Millar's sidekick on that stupid inside pitch show or whatever they call it. Intentional talk. Intentional talk. I like inside pitch better. That's probably something else. It's not, isn't that Chris Russo's high hard one? What's that called? That's high heat. Oh, God. That Russo show. That is just... The only thing I like about it, there's two things he says that I enjoy. Um, he can't say Brewers. <laughs> the, the Brewers. The Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers. And he has a weird way, and he says this word a lot. He says scenario. <laughs> and there's a lot of scenarios. He's like, oh, we got to talk about the Chicago Cup. Scenario. There are certain words he just can't say. There are names he can't say. Uh, which that part is entertaining. I just don't need him yelling at me for a half hour, so I just can't watch the show. I just can't. Uh, I don't want to be like too ableist, but like, how do you talk that much, and are, you're unable to pronounce things? I don't get it. It's part of his charm. You you think he? It is. It's charming. I guess. I don't know. I mean, there are people who will go to their graves claiming Mike and the Mad Dog that was the greatest radio show of all time, and all I know is that. You know, I, I used to watch it every once in a while because it was on, first it was on MSG, then it was on Yes, and it would be on, and they'd be talking about sports. I'd watch it and go, I'm completely underwhelmed by these two. The thing I liked about it, though, was they sat them, they were they were facing each other, but they weren't directly across the table from each other. You know, they were kind of like kitty corner on, mm-hmm. on the table, and they never looked at each other. <laughs> they were on for five hours, and they never looked at each other. They both looked down, or they looked around each other, or whatever. And it was like, all right, we're not even pretending this is a that that's a, you know I don't you're Our simulcast, buddies. you're on TV. You might want to do something TV, what? But they just didn't. Right. Which I guess that part of it was fine. Um, but you know, Mike, it became a caricature of. He was a caricature the whole time, but he really became one. He's got a podcast now, but um. You know, when he was, he went solo, you know, there were the rumors that uh, he was going to, Bill Simmons was going to become his number two. He was going to be a sidekick, and then that didn't happen. And then he decided he would just do it on his own. And he, they, there's, you know, this uh, fun house, the Twitter feed, the yes. Twitter thing. He, he would constantly get video of Mike falling asleep, which is just great. There's nothing better than this long rambling call. Just this guy going on and on, and you see Mike like nodding, and you think he's <laughs> nodding, and then you realize no, his head, this gravity is starting to take that enormous head, and it's going to pull it right down on the desk. Um, he's uh, so e- oddly easy to fool, too. It's... Yeah. Oh yeah. The the prank callers would call in and yes. just throw names at him, and he <laughs> you didn't want to admit that he didn't he didn't know who they were, so he would just go along with it and realize he was wrong. Um. They had the great clip where he insisted that uh, about ten, uh, I don't know how long ago this was now, but oh, about ten years ago, I had a chance. I could I could have coached the NFL. I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got an offer, and I gave it. You know, I gave it a lot of thought. But you know, that's a lot of you know, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of time away from the family. I know I could do it. It's like, what do you mean? You know, you could do it. <laughs> you, you, you haven't played football since seventh grade. Like, no, 
you couldn't you couldn't no one offered you a job to be a NFL assistant coach. You're blatantly lying to us now. Just stop it. Um Yeah, I the whole um the whole high heat show apparently came about um through some kind of like weird partnership. Well, first it was a first it was on Sirius XM and it was part of his that huge deal he signed mm-hmm. with Sirius. He got his daily show and he wanted a show on MLB Network or on the MLB Radio MLB Radio and that's what they gave him and then apparently MLB uh, network was like, you know what? Um, we don't have enough programming to fill the day. Let's throw a camera on Mike when he does his little baseball show. Uh, but when that happened, they moved his show. They moved it to um, noon my time, which is the only thing I was important. And I at that I got used to at lunch. I would listen to Mike Farron and Jim Duquette. I liked their show. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't on because there was this guy screaming at me through the radio. And so I tweeted Farron and I was like, hey, what's the deal. And so he messaged me and basically said, you know, I mean, we have to move. If Russo wants us to move, we have to move. And this is permanent. This is not going to be a thing. So, so I had it out for that show ever since then. It ruined my, it screwed up my lunch. I couldn't digest with that guy yelling at me. No. It's bad for you. So I thought this would be a good question for you. Um. Oh, a couple of things <laughs> I found out today. How about this? The uh, you know we we talked a little bit about the blackouts and how like if you live in like Las Vegas, there's like seven teams you can't see, and if you're in Iowa, it's kind of the same thing. Um, Phil Swan, the guy that runs the TV Answer Man Twitter thing, uh, had a thing today. <laughs> the Giants and A's are blacked out in Guam. <laughs> He had a reader who asked him, do you know why? I'm in Guam. I can't watch the Giants or the A's. Is it because it's like L.A.? Well, but that would that would make more sense, right? Shouldn't it be the Dodgers and the Angels, not the Giants? I mean, why is Guam considered the Bay Area? Because they have a bay? Did somebody like make jot a note down wrong on some computer programmer? Doesn't um, everybody have a bay? So as far as Phil can, he can't get a direct answer from... Um, from MLB, but the, the, from the research he did, you know, Guam is, um, it's a long ways away. It's yes. like 7,000 miles or something away from the Bay. It's not, um, but apparently, and I don't remember if this is, this is a complete I'm way off on a tangent. Now there are a bunch of baseball fans in Belize, a bunch of Cub fans in Belize. Mm-hmm. The reason for it is that, um, there was a bar down there that was able to get a pirated feed of WGN and they would show Cub games during the day. And so all these people that hung out in the bar during the day got just started watching the Cubs, even though <laughs> baseball wasn't big in Belize. Right. But the Cubs all of a sudden became huge in Belize. <laughs> well, so in Guam, they don't, you know, they somehow they got a hold of um, San Francisco, a feed that they could show San Francisco TV. And they didn't do it for sports. They did it to show American, just so they could watch American TV. Mm-hmm. And so his theory is that that's why. That they basically at some point said, well, they get San Francisco TV, so we'll just block out the 
A's and the Giants. They're like, no, we don't. We don't really get it. Like we had to steal that. <laughs> You're punishing us now. All we want to, you know, all we want to do is, you know, uh, watch Anthony uh, Descafani starts, and we can't now because you know you're depriving us of exciting Giants baseball. They didn't get to see Rough on the Move. <laughs> rough on the Move. Rough on the Move. That was a. I mean, you know what? You made you made fun of Zach, but. That's it's hard to compare to that call. That was very good. I mean, anything wouldn't look good, sound good, next to that rough on the move. It was great. Um, yeah, actually, there was a, it was an excuse to do two things: play that call because I re- really like it, and then make fun of Zach. Right. Well, you get a two for it. Was what we yeah we call in the business a win win. Um. No, but I, there was another. Somebody had this. Maybe it was Richard Deitch. I think it was Richard Deitch. Asked the question: um, Are you? Well, were there two wrong people to ask about this? But he basically asked a question to the general populace: Are you interested in, or basically, will you watch games? If you're a baseball fan, will you watch games of teams that aren't the team you follow? Basically, this whole idea that baseball is such a regional sport now. Yeah. The, is is baseball really just kind of chasing their tail with these, you know, trying to add more national packages when they probably the smartest thing they could do would instead be to figure out how to deal with the blackout thing and let every fan, wherever they live, pay them money to watch right. the one team they really want to watch. Which, which they are willing to pay. I mean, they already do. That's sort of what... You know, I remember when MLB TV became a thing, I thought, well, you know, it didn't occur to me that blackouts would be, would either continue to be a problem or become a problem or whatever. I thought, well, if you're going to pay, it's like the uh, the direct TV thing for football, no matter what region you're in. If you pay hard cash for this season, you should be able to watch whatever game you want. I don't, and can't we figure out how to, if it's circumventing cable subscriptions, which I think is the financial reason why they don't, they still have blackouts to force people to get a certain kind of cable. I don't know. Then I'm I'm sort of losing the point, but um, if it, you know, once you start paying $150 or whatever it is a year, you should be able to watch whatever you want. I mean, that sounds too reasonable. And, then, and MLB should figure out a way to make it palatable to their cable TV partners. And I don't know. it's They're making too much money not to, and yet they still do blackouts. If you go to the MLB.tv page to order extra innings, you're greeted with of this very enticing option for I'm sure for a lot of fans, which is you can just buy one team. Yeah, 119 bucks. You can see every game of your favorite team, and then there's a little asterisk, and said blackout supply. Right. So if you're in a, you're in an area where that team is blacked out, you it'll it won't let you buy it at least. Now you don't spend 119 and then you just get to look at a you know, a screensaver. But right. Now, from what I understand, the reason for the blackouts is, in, in typical baseball fashion, something that isn't really a thing anymore. Um, it was to protect the local markets of all these teams for this reason, which was 
um, and you work for an entity that at one point, it was before they were, before Bally bought in, whatever, the regional Fox Sports, whatever. Yeah. Um, teams were able to bilk them out of huge sums for their cable thing because they got the exclusive rights for that entire area for that. The only way you were going to be able, everybody's going to have to be, they're going to have to get Fox Sports Midwest if you want to watch the Cardinals. This is how it's going to work. So, of course, we can give you, we'll give you a billion dollars over 10 years because we're going to be printing money because we're going to be all these ads. And, um, the, in fact, the Cardinals were like one of the last teams that really got to cash in for this. The Cubs, of course, were a, a day late and a dollar short, like normal, uh, for them. They, they got there, they grabbed a hold of their own, like, Ooh, you know, we're, uh, we're going to start our own network and this is going to be great. And, um, there wasn't anybody to pay them big rights fees, and then they had a they battled and battled with all the providers who were like, no, 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 regional sports networks. We're already spending too much money on these. Right. A lot of our a lot of our viewers don't want to do it because that's another thing, you know. Any, you know, part of ESPN's success for all those years. I mean, it's obviously still very successful. Is they get money two ways. They get money paid from cable and satellite providers for every household that gets their network, plus they sell ads. So they have right. two, and that's, and that's what the Cardinals want to do, and that's what the Cubs thought they were going to do. The Cubs were like, well, we won't have to ever pay ourselves for the rights to the game, so this will all be profit, and we just, we're going to sell all these ads. We're just going to be swimming in cash, and then we're going to get all this money from all these cable, you know, we're the Cubs. They're, we're going to be able to charge more to the satellite and cable providers than anybody else can because we have the most rabid fans in baseball. Yeah. And then the cable writers said, nobody's going to pay that. No. And so they have a, they won't say exactly how much, but everybody knows they actually, they got far less than they thought they were going to get. Yeah. Um, but a lot of teams now, the Cubs included, are like, just, we, they don't want the blackouts anymore. It's like, no, lift that stuff. We'll, because the Cubs are, you know, Sinclair wants to sell packages direct to the consumer. Direct to market. And Major League Baseball right now is basically saying, well, you're still going to have to honor the blackouts. And they're like, well, that's going to kill, you know, nobody's going to want to buy these then. Because part of it is we can get it to areas in our own market that they won't be reliant on cable anymore. But if we have the blackouts, they are going to be. Um, So that screws everything up. And it's just, it's ridiculous that they have this sport and they're the only sport that has anything like this. You don't get blacked out of anything else. Just baseball. Right. So congratulations, guys. You've done it again. Um, and it's not like they just had uh, 99 days of a lockout where they had intensive <laughs> negotiations where one of the things they could have done would have been to have changed their own rules as far as the blackouts. Um, I think they can do it any time, though. I don't think that's a collectively bargained. It doesn't have to be. It's one of those things where it's smart to have the players have input. But right. I don't think they have to. I think it's a thing that Manfred can just say. He's going to get the owners to agree. But if he can, and they'll never, and they, that's the problem. Um, they could change it, like, tomorrow. Right. They just don't seem to want to do it. Uh, and one thing that's not helping right now is the teams that are trying to go around and do it on their own. Manfred basically told them that, which is, all right, well, you're going to take away our motivation to fix your blackout problem then. Yeah. We're just going to, we're just going to stick you with it. So congratulations. 
because one of the things that I, I've, I mean, I've, I was a sucker. I had a, when I was a kid, we had a satellite dish. We could watch anything that was in the glory days of wild feeds. And yeah, I mean, we even got to dad and I watched a uh, Cubs spring training game where they didn't go to commercial. Mm-hmm. We got to see the wild feed and you got to hear Harry between innings. And Harry basically spent that time helping Arnie find hot babes in the stands. <laughs> it was great. He's like, oh, he went down the first baseline. No, 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 a little farther up. <laughs> oh, there she is. <laughs> that would have been a great thing to record. Yeah. Um, Dad one time watched, uh, he got all excited. He was. He, he watched uh, Dan Rather do the CBS Evening News without commercials. And <laughs> he he got he got the full Dan Rather experience. He got to see him like with a mirror, like fixing his hair during one commercial. <laughs> he got to see him berate somebody off. Like he was yelling about the teleprompter was wrong or something. He was yeah. screaming at a guy. He was t- he couldn't wait. I was like at f- basketball practice or something. I got home and he couldn't wait to give me the rundown of all the <laughs> embarrassing things he got to see Dan Rather do. But one of the things I loved about the package, and still do, is um, the varying quality of the announcers mm-hmm. from team to team. And um, you know that's that's actually it's why I'm such a big like Dwayne Kuyper and my Kruko fan. I think ever since I started watching, I thought they were awesome. And it was cool. Yeah. To, it was cool to be able to just at night, you know, turn on a game and listen to Vin Scully, just talk for, you know, uh, and I've, I've told the story before about how, um, it could get a little creepy with Vin. Like if you were just alone, you know, <laughs> and it's just the way he's talking, it's just you and Vin. It's like, he's, you know, like he's trying to lull you to sleep. It's There's like, a seduction right. happening. Yeah, like Ben, I'm I'm tucking these sheets in, and they better be tucked in when I wake up. <laughs> um, well, Dan Bernstein used to do his Vin Scuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> when he get a little randy. And I never thought, as a kid growing up, I hated Keith Hernandez. I hated him. <laughs> I mean, he played for the Cardinals and the Mets. What was there like? And I guess he spent like a week and a half for the Dodgers too, right? Um, it turns out that in, my, that in my old age and his old age, I love Keith. Like the Mets broadcast is amazing. It is. And just the fact that he'll go and tell these ridiculous stories about his cat, about Hachi. <laughs> and and you're just, they're just, they're really, they're, you're just sitting there like, holy crap, this is actually entertaining. Um. I was like the Red Sox, when it, especially when it was Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy. Yeah. Um, of course, they played all the highlights when Jerry died, The you know, when his tooth fell out. And Don was trying <laughs> to put his tooth back in, in the thing. And the great, the one with the, where they just watching this innocuous, a foul ball down the third base line. And then on the replay, they, they noticed that, uh, well, they saw that a guy got, a guy, beer went everywhere. And they yeah. noticed that they were going to make fun of that, and then all of a sudden they realized there's a pizza, a piece of pizza just went <laughs> the flying pizza into the. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a pizza. But um, but now with him gone, and they the last he'd been, you know, I mean, poor Jerry, he had cancer like five times, right. so he was constantly missing. Well, they basically made uh, Dennis Eckersley a permanent part of the team, and now he's the color guy, right? And he's. Oh, He's entertaining. But the thing about Dennis, I've talked about on a different podcast, was he'll talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things was they were, I was watching, there was back when they were still the Indians. Um, 
and he was talking about the Indians. He's like, oh, he said I was uh, I was talking to my friend uh, Rick Manning, who does the games for the for the Indians before the game. He is my friend. Um, he's married. He's married to my wife. <laughs> And I knew the story. That's why I was really surprised that, you know, Dennis Eggersley's wife left him for a teammate. They were teammates in Cleveland. She divorced, she had an affair with Rick Manning and divorced Dennis and married him. And apparently they're still married. And Dennis is just chatting about it. And I'm like, holy crap, he really will just talk about anything. So you know, we here we are. It's the first week of baseball, and um, I was ready to overdose on baseball. I kind of have anyway, um, but it is kind of frustrating. I mean, I don't. I have it easy because the only teams I'm blacked out f- for are uh, two teams I don't want to watch: the Cardinals and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And I never used to be blacked out for them because when I had Directv. Um, all you have to do is buy the regional sports package. It's like an extra 10 bucks or whatever. And I could actually watch the game. I couldn't watch them on extra innings. It would be blacked out. But I could go right to the channel. Yeah. And I could go to Fox Sports North or Midwest, and I could watch the games. And so if I really wanted to, I still could. I just have to, you know. Uh, when DirecTV, when AT&T bought DirecTV and decided they never wanted to put another penny into the technology or anything, I said, I think maybe it's time to drop you. So I did. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Did uh? I guess we could wrap up here. But does anything jump out? Anything exciting? Uh, about the first week of baseball in Kansas City, you guys got to see uh, the debut of Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, I do have something I want to ask you. What What yeah. the hell is going on with the center field camera? Why is it always I, wet? I have. Well, I I know why. I don't know how they can stop it exactly. They, uh, you know, Royal Stadium, Kauffman Stadium has fountains, and it's been very windy opening day. <laughs> <laughs> it's 40 mile an hour winds, and the subsequent days have been windy too. And it's, uh, you know, sea spray or whatever. It's uh, the, the wind comes, it takes the water out of the fountain, puts it into the stands. I mean, you can be. You don't have to be a TV camera. You, you know, people were getting wet. I was getting wet. I was out there Sunday with my kids, and um, we went to a game and sat out in the bleachers. And you know, it was the fountains were it was movable. You know, they were the escaping the uh, the pipes and uh, getting everything wet. So that's what that is. It's uh, and the, the cameras are right in front of some of the fountains. And um, so they're here. So it asks it it asks a question or it it. it um... Begs. I use this wrong, and uh, remember, my, remember this crap co-host Mike Donahue will be like, that's not what begs the question means. Um, could they turn the fountains off during the game? Oh, you can turn them off. Yes, yeah. sure. So well, they, the, you, you turn them off, you... What happens is they're, they're kind of always running a little, but when you know, but they get more animated when they want them to be. Right. So it's almost like there's a waterfall effect and that is the the steady, the constant, and then it becomes like, oh, let's put on a Bellagio. Okay, so it's not like they just have them, you know. It is not willy nilly. Pumped they up to the max, to and it's degree. like he's getting the camera wet. Maybe we, maybe during, maybe when it's forty mile an hour winds blowing straight out to center field, maybe we should t- turn the fountains off. But you know when, 
I mean, I know it's you know, not when, as pretty. When they are, I don't want to say dormant, but when they are at their low tide, um, <laughs> the <laughs> it's still really windy and there's still a lot of water and it's, you know, pooled. Oh. And it will, you know, like a... I don't know, like an earthquake in Japan in a uh, in a waterbed or not a waterbed, <laughs> jacuzzi. You know, you've seen the videos. Uh, it's like that. It, it did make for some good footage, though, of uh, the guy. The, all of a sudden, a hand and a towel appearing in the camera. <laughs> yes, yes. And then the director like quickly movie. cutting away. Uh, that was funny. Okay, back to my actual, my the more pertinent question, which was. Uh, oh, I like that question. Which was about uh, things that uh, impressed you the first. Uh, oh, on the baseball field. Four days. Yeah, the actual baseball. Well, you know, we've talked about Bobby Witt, I think, like each of the past three weeks. And he's he got off to a really good start, uh, making all the plays on defense. And he's been, you know, as advertised. And uh, he's got a little bit of a strikeout thing at the plate, which will, which might limit him a little bit. But um, he, the, the, the defense and the instincts and the natural, I mean, he's, the, the Royals have like three guys that could be shortstops on the left side of their infield at, at third, short, and second. Uh, uh, Chicago area's own Nicky Lopez at second and Adalberto, formerly uh, Raul Mondesi Jr. at short and Witt over at third and Witt's been uh, at the top, second in the lineup and hitting really well and, uh, you know, off to a great start. One guy who came through Cleve, uh, Kansas City over the weekend, Stephen Kwan, who uh, was kind of a middling prospect, but a guy sort of like, uh, I don't know, uh, Brent Gardner or a short man, uh, maybe about 5'8 or 5'9, and uh, but a really good batting eye and has developed a, a good like doubles, maybe 10 home run power stroke and um, just, uh, you know, guy who went to a, a, a recently good college, Oregon State, that has a lot of major league players on it. They won a national championship a few years ago. He's gotten on base an incredible amount of times in the first four and now five games of the year. And um, I talked to him a little bit. And that's a that's a really good story. It's a, a guy who uh, scouts, you know, they like some of the things about him, but it was one of those things where, you know, we don't know if this is going to play in the majors. And he's been obviously good so far. And uh, it's, how, that's been a fun thing. How old is he? He's 24. Okay. I was going to say, if he's 30, then the Cubs might be interested in training for him. <laughs> not a 24. That's way too young. He's yeah. not going to fit into their plans. So, yeah, he's uh, his parents were first generation. Uh, you know, he his dad is uh, Chinese and his mom's uh, Japanese. And there, there aren't a lot of Asian-American players. I mean, the best player in the league is, is Shohei Otani. Um, but most of the, the, the those the, players came over from Japan. The second or best player is Sam yes, Suzuki. yes, yes, yes. But it's like, um, and there probably are actually more Asian players or some Asian American players than people realize. But um, it's still a, a minority among minorities, and it's kind of neat that he's representing that. And uh, you know, he's grew up the all American kid, and his parents were driving him to. Uh, travel ball games all over California and his dad didn't want to push him into it. And he's like, no, it's, uh, I want to do this. And it's a really nice story. So um, Stephen Kwan is, you know, kind of every man size and is uh, off to a great start. And his teammates love him. They're all changing their Twitter avatars. 
avatars to look like him and it's uh, just kind of a neat thing. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, so you mentioned that Albert had a home run today, so he's now 20 short of 700. Right. The uh, the stat about Albert that I like he two things. Number one, he um He's far and away grounded in the most double plays in baseball history. Right. And I think he can um, he can put that out of reach this year, uh, if it isn't already. Although uh, early results, Nick Madrigal, I think, seems to want to make a, a run at it. It's going to take him 20 years, but I think he, he could probably do it. <laughs> uh, but the other stat about Albert was for the longest time, he had walked more times than he struck out for right. his career. And... Uh, his last few years in Anaheim I kind of torpedoed that. Ruined that, he yes. no shot at, uh, at doing that. Um, one of the things that we, we mostly because it's top of mind now, when we do remember this crap, um, we've gotten a couple of Cub teams from the 80s, and we like to look at... Uh, um, we're fascinated by uh, how, how seldom Bill Buckner ever struck out. Uh-huh. It's like a ridiculous amount. But he also never walked. Right. Ever. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, the Cubs currently on their 20, on their 30-man roster, they have, I believe they're, they're split around the middle. They have 15 pitchers and 15 hitters. A lot of teams have done that. Um, but we're looking at teams in the eight, Cubs teams in the 80s who for the entire season used like 12 or 15 pitchers. Yeah. And there was Scott Service the other day going on and on about how he couldn't couldn't believe they were going to restrict him to thirteen pitchers. <laughs> it's like Scott, that's eight guys in your bullpen. You you really you can't get by with less than eight guys in a bullpen, but they can't. And then they're now they're complaining about the although it doesn't count yet. Uh, they've they're not going to worry about it in April, but the the you can only go up or down five times. Yeah, and for teams like the Brewers and the Dodgers, who just shuttle pitchers incessantly um, that's going to cut into that a little bit um, there's somebody um, and of course his name is escaping me but who's been like DFA'd um, like five times already he's just gone from team to team and he's like please stop I just want to play baseball I think well, the, the Angels he's with the Angels right now there was and, the guy uh, and I can't think of his this is great I can't think of his name either um Last year, who got DF, who kept shuttling between the Mariners and the Brewers? Uh, Jacob Nottingham, right, I believe, catcher. And then the Dodgers had a guy that they they um, optioned twelve times last year. Yes, twelve times. Yeah. So then maybe there was a reason that they actually needed the rule. <laughs> um. But yeah, so. Baseball's up and running. Uh, Cubs clearly the best team in baseball. Very <laughs> exciting. And they've got no production out of either Frank Schwindel or uh, Patrick Wisdom yet. And just wait till those guys get hot. Whew. It's going to be on. They're going to be unstoppable. They um, they have one more game in Pittsburgh, and then they're off to Denver. They're going to Coors for the for four games over the weekend. And uh, this seems mean. Alec Mills has been on the injury list with a sore back, and. Uh, they said, "Oh, yeah, he'll be ready to go in Denver." Oh, thank you. <laughs> if I was Alec, but you know what? I think it's—I I, I, I guess I think it flared up. 
tightening up on oh, me right now. I don't know. When do we play the Pirates again? I feel like that's when it might loosen up. Have uh, sort of on that note, have uh, the Cubs broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Shambi must have talked about how there's a humidor in every ballpark now. Has mm-hmm. he mentioned that with the what's the effect in Chicago? Um, I don't know. They probably um, I would guess that the, the humidor they're using is one that Irv Cupsonet and Jack Brickhouse used to actually keep <laughs> cigars in during when they were doing Bears games. <laughs> I think it was Boog that was going on about how well in some parks uh, it'll it'll actually put humidity it'll put in some parks it'll put humidity into the balls and other parks it'll take it out depending on what the atmospheric conditions yes. are. Um, I don't know. I think more than the humidor, the wind howling in on Sunday, like forty miles an hour, had more of an effect than yeah. uh, the humidor did. Um, it's a good question though, because. Um, I believe before I'm probably really wrong about this, but I remember I think I was a kid r- reading that like Wrigley was like the second highest National League park above sea level. Really? But it was like 94 feet or something. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's there was really only this would have been before obviously before Colorado and before Arizona. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that it has. Um, Actually, I know they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about the, the effects it's actually had. They just talked about how we'll have it'll be yeah. interesting to see. And I guess after three games at Wrigley, they're not ready. To, it's not a uh, sample size yet. Yeah. To say whatever it's going to be. But all right, well, that's uh, we got we almost got a full week under our belts, and um, I guess we'll just let the guys keep playing and see what happens. That's but, uh, that's what we should do. Stay out of their way. All right. All right, we'll do that. Okay. All right. Well, until next week, or next time, I guess probably next week. Mm. Um, All right. Well, thanks, David. Okay, Andy. Many of us have herpes.